This is episode number 457 with multi-platinum artist Wyclef John. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone today to our interview with Wyclef John. I am so pumped. Right when Wyclef walked in the studio, he saw that I had some Onyx kettlebells and we started to do a little workout together. He lifted like a hundred pound kettlebell while I had like a 50 pounder and he was a machine. Then he went into play some music. We talked about jazz. We wrapped out about the jazz world uh, and talked about my brother and his experience in jazz. And man, we set this up for an incredible experience for you. I'm super pumped for you to to dive in, to listen, and to wrap your mind around what you're about to hear. For those who don't know who Wyclef John is, he is a lyricist, singer, musician, producer, poet, songwriter, and what I just learned about him, he's a uh, calisthenics champion as well. Now, the music that Wyclef has written, performed, and produced, both as a solo superstar and as a founder and guiding member of the Fugees, has been a consistently powerful pop cultural force for over two decades. In 1996, the Fugees released their monumental album, The Score, and that album, Wyclef created in studio in his uncle's basement in New Jersey, and it hit number one on the Billboard charts, spawned a trio of smash singles, and is now certified six times platinum. But what I love about Wyclef is he was a child prodigy with a wealth of musical influences from jazz to classical rock to reggae. And he resisted the pressure to duplicate the same sound and style of that masterwork with the Fugees. Instead, he's launched himself as a producer and solo artist whose work drew from an innovative and eclectic palette that included elements of pop, country, folk, disco, Latin, and electronic music. And after we did this interview, I got the chance to hang out with Wyclef before he performed a set at the YouTube space here in L.A. And it was just so fascinating to see how he builds other artists up. He had other artists there that he was collabing with, and it was so cool to see how he engages with other people to lift everyone up around him. And we're going to talk more about that, how he finds the superstars and, and really supports them, and what it does to keep him staying at the top 20 years later after he hit number one with his album with the Fugees. And some of the things we're covering today are how music saved his life from growing up in the roughest neighborhoods of Haiti and in New York City, the stories of how Wyclef helped Beyonce, Shakira, and other superstars write their breakout hits, why he ran for president of Haiti, and how he continues to give back to his country now, and also how he almost got assassinated. Then we talk about how to communicate and relate to the rising generation through art and creativity. Also, what it takes to come back to an industry you've left for years, that and so much more. Guys, we wrapped it out for a while, and I hope to bring him back on sometime in the future because there's so much wealth of information and stories that he has to share, and I know you're going to love this one. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout-out to the reviewer of the week. Now, we've got over 1,300 five-star reviews over on iTunes, and all of your reviews matter. They help us stay in the top 100 of the rankings on iTunes, so please head over there and leave a review right now if you find this interview 
helpful in any way, or if you found this podcast helpful for you, go to iTunes.com slash greatness. And the reviewer of the week is from Fit Rocket Scientist, who said, this podcast rocks. Lewis Howes generates extraordinary content with his guests. This podcast should be on everyone's top list. The positive energy and years of knowledge shared in each episode make this podcast truly great. So the Fit Rocket Scientist, thank you so much for your review. There's dozens of reviews every single week, and you were the reviewer of the week. Guys, make sure to share this one out right now. LewisHouse.com slash 457. We'll send you right to the show notes. You can watch the full video over on YouTube there as well. All the photos and some behind-the-scenes videos of Wyclef performing and playing in the studio also. Go back to lewishouse.com slash 457 after this to watch those. Share this with your friends right now. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Wyclef John. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Carnival one that was a classic was like it was like your dorm smoking weed album, you know. Yeah, I mean? so we were listening to it before. Yeah, so it. so the three the so now we the Carnival two had ah yeah you listen that's Juve right there yeah. baby Hendrix that's my story right there. This is good. So we're listening to the greatest hits. It's like your brother's story, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we we share that story right there. You're in juvie. I had my whole team was, you know what I mean? More than juvie locked up. Really? Were yeah, you locked up song, ever? That song is a song of choice. Yeah, no, nah, in the hood they call me Speedy, baby. <laughs> you got away. <laughs> you know, I almost speed. got. I was never as bad as my brother or probably you, but I was. Uh, I luckily I had some wheels and I got away from the cops from the time when I was like twelve. Wow! I was just breaking into a. Uh, I don't think I've ever told this story, but I was breaking into. Are we rolling just to make sure the audio's rolling? But I was rolling. Um, I was in Delaware, Ohio. Uh-huh. I grew up in Ohio, small uh-huh. town, yeah, north of Columbus, not, not Delaware. Yeah. yeah, small town. Yeah. Ohio Wesleyan University is there, and I'm um, just like bored, you know, just yeah. like a bored kid. Exactly. And I go to the uh, the track at Ohio Wesleyan. And there happens to be, like, in the arena underneath the track or whatever, or the stands, there's, like, a vending machine. And so I just get the idea to, like, shake it to see if I can get some change out of it, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh Just trying to get some quarters. Because I like to go buy baseball cards or whatever. And then um, all of a sudden, I was with a friend of mine who was a little older than me. And all of a sudden, he starts, like, banging it. He's stronger than me. He starts banging it. Quarters are coming out, right? Yeah. Then we find a crowbar and we're like smashing this, yeah, like the coin box. Yes, yes. It's like uh, winning a jackpot, just like exactly. flooding out a like yeah, quarter, yeah, quarter, yeah. quarter. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we're banging away for a good 10 minutes, like getting more quarters. And all of a sudden we hear like a sound and it's yeah. 
down the way, we see the cop car, close the car, uh, yeah. and we sprint. My friend, he was like 16, 17, I was 12 or whatever. He was much faster and more athletic yeah. than I was. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he, well, there was literally like a 10-foot fence, and I've never seen a human jump so yeah. high. Yeah. And he just leaped over and grabbed and threw himself over, yeah. and I was like <laughs> trying to climb up. Yeah. And uh, somehow we got away, though, man. It You'd was crazy. You'd be surprised, man, Luckily. What, what the human body can do when it feels the fear in the rush. Yeah, when that fear kick in with danger. Oh, my goodness. You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the craziest thing you got into, the craziest almost trouble? No, I mean, you know, I got into mad trouble when I was younger. You know, I always mm. say, like, my mama bought me a guitar. That saved my life, you know. Coming from Haiti, I'm from a poor environment. I mm-hmm. used to eat dirt in the floor with my brother, you know what I mean? Used to take a donkey to school. The idea of electricity, we didn't have that, you know what I mean? So think of that. I lived like that till I was 10 years old, right? So, and we we lived, I mean, our village practically was like called Dirt Village. And we literally, where we lived at was like we lived, um, the, the whole village was so small, but our amusement park was a cemetery. Hmm. If that, you know what I'm saying? I'm just showing you how, where we come wow. from. You feel what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So we from, that's what I said, like, ain't nothing nobody could do to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, how can you kill me? I was already dead, man. Mm. And I came to life. So you feel me? Because we from that place where it's forgotten. It's like the land of the lost for real. So coming from that small town, because even like you could hear of Haiti, but then the small little tiny villages of Haiti, you would never know like the right. names. So for me, you know, so by the time I got to 10, I, w- I lived in the projects in Brooklyn. So that was like the first time I saw electricity. I saw a building. I, I didn't even know what that was. Right. So when when me and my brother was looking at the city lights, he was like, what's that? I was like, yo, um, that's uh, that's diamonds. Because, you know, in the village, they told us like America was like they were so rich in America that like diamonds, you know, they fell from the sky. So it's literally like, so you would think like, it's almost like we was living like the Indians in primitive times, right? Before, or think about it like in America when the war was over and people thought the war still was going on in certain right. places. That's right. really how, so um, so the projects we come from is called Marlboro Projects Coney Island. You know what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. Like, so when I talk on my album, like the Carnival one, and I talk about like, you know, you catch a bullet in your goose, you know, like it was real. You know what I'm saying to you? Like at mm-hmm. at, at 12 years old, you pick up your first gun. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, you know, you, you learn how to sell things very quick to a crack fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the crack fiend will buy anything for the drugs. So, um, and then at the same time, you barely speak in English, you know, you getting in elevators, um, smelling like piss. You see what I'm saying to you? Other people getting in the elevator with you, people will try to shake you down. Um, and then a body's on the roof like every month. This was Marlboro Projects. Like, so you got to think about it. So once again, I left one extreme, came to another, you know what I'm saying? So in Brooklyn, they killed One extreme my- with nothing to another extreme with a lot more yeah, fear yeah. and scary stuff Yeah, happening. definitely. Yeah. But where we came from, so in Brooklyn, um, they basically, one of my cousins had got killed. But, like, we all was, you know, we all moved together. And, you know, sometimes I always felt like the bullet was for me, you feel me? So, um, but we was very tough. We fought with our hands. We fought with blades, whatever we had. It was like warriors come out to play for real where we come from. So, um, and, I mean, you saw me, like, out there with you, like, the way, like, 
because I was always like little, you know what I mean? But I take the, I'd be like, yo, bring on the biggest guy, bring on Andre the Giant, <laughs> and I'm going to take him down. And wow. I would take down like the big dudes because where we come from, it's sort of like you just have a big heart, you know what I'm saying? And I was never for um, people thinking that they're going to punk little people. So I never used to go for that. Um, the idea of somebody think they're going to bully a block. Um, so my parents assumed that I would get killed very fast. Wow. So we left Brooklyn and they moved us over to New Jersey. And, um, and how uh, far from the city? So Jersey, where we was going to, man, it was like an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and we moved to another place called Newark, New Jersey. Well, that's just rough. Exactly. So <laughs> I we know moved, Newark. Yeah. yeah. So we moved to like the car theft capital no, of the bad. world at the yeah. time. Yeah. So that was another movie and a half, you know wow. what I'm saying? So <laughs> how old are you when, when you were in, uh, when I was in Newark, I was like 15. Wow. But the thing was every week we back and forth in Brooklyn because my family was going like between Brooklyn and New Jersey. And I remember like my mom, literally, I remember she was like, you can get further with with a guitar than a gun. I remember those words. You see what I'm saying to you? Because um, it was like, I always felt like I had to have like either like a gun or a machete. Really? Yeah. You're so. carrying around a gun or a knife all the time. Yeah, yeah, I used to have guns, man. Really? You know, yeah, 22s. When you were yeah. 16? Oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't play. You feel me? That's Holy why. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, that's why. I'm talking about beating up a yeah. vending machine. Well, that's you why are... we don't glorify it. <laughs> right. That's why yeah, the yeah. Fuji's never glorify it. Like, so when someone is telling me, like, yo, um, I'll shoot you. My boys will shoot you. We so crack. We, I'm like, yeah, so what? Like, who didn't do that in the hood? Like, right. tell me a story I don't know. Like, like. We did that, but we're not doing that no more. Like what we're doing is we're elevating the youth. Mm. So I never, I never speak about like, I never like glorify. That's why whether if it's Crips, Blood, Latin Kings, it don't matter. Like my story is a deep one. Like you know, what I mean, I I go to any hood, anytime because it's it's more like a respect factor. Because I know if I didn't make it, I would have been one of them, right? So I celebrate life, and then when I go see them, like they're like, "Yo, Clef." You know, we definitely, we check for you because we know you ain't just going to give us a speech and then go back to your mansion. Like, we know, like, we see you in the ground in Haiti. Like, we see how you move. Like, you ran for president. You almost got assassinated. You got shot at, you know. So, so, um, so at times I pinch myself because to just be here and to be alive and every time people come to my show, they'll be like, yo, man, show is so crazy. You're such a nice guy. You know, and I'm like, yeah, because of where I come from, I have to celebrate life because 80% of my homies, they're not like in, in the song Hendrix. It's a song of choice. I was like, yo, when I was playing Jimi Hendrix in the trap, them dudes was in the trap, you know, right. wanting to be El Chapo. So all of this stuff is around you and it's real. It's not like a movie. It's sort of like right. you will be tempted because if you're working at, McDonald's. I remember I was working at Burger King, dude, and my cousins used to pull up in the BM. You feel me? Uh -huh. Just to mess with me, like, yo, why Clive Jean there? Uh, <laughs> we'll have seventeen packs of fries, four whoppers. Don't forget, man, the hardworking man, a sucker. Hurry up, bro. And you know, and then they, you know, and it's your fam. You know what I'm saying? And you're tempted, dude. I mean, you're a teen. You see this? You see this car? You're like, yo, man. Like, you want that. And so what is it that make you be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep working in this fast food restaurant. 
I'm going to be a security guard with a flashlight. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like you do all of these things and um, and then uh, and you believe in the myth because it's a myth because it's not a reality because mm-hmm. where you're from, you don't see nobody making it but these guys. It's like the pimps, the drug dealers, you know what I mean? And 99 around the block. Was, yeah. yeah, around yeah. the block. And then most of the preachers where we come from are pimps anyway. So <laughs> this is what we grew up with, we saw. So... Mm-hmm. For you to be like, okay, man, I'm not going to do any of this. Yo, it takes a lot of will. Wow. Crazy, man. How did you have that will to know that you were going to make something yourself besides doing what everyone else is doing? Well, all I knew was whenever I did music, I escaped, right? So I I had one of my brothers. He came from Haiti with me. He's a lawyer today. I remember we used to be in the project roof when we first came from Haiti, and we was on the roof. And um, I mean, we looked at each other and I was like, what are you going to be? And he was like, yo, I'm going to be a lawyer. Really? He's and we speak in Creole, not even English. And he was like, yo, what are you going to be? I said, I'm going to be a gangster, man, because I got to get mama out of this neighborhood. And then it's good you're going to be a lawyer so you can get watch me. Out me. Of jail. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's a lawyer today. So for me, like all of these realities, like we, we faced them together. And uh, in my escape was music. So, like, music was my escape. And I used to collect, like, baseball cards when I was younger, right? I had, like, the Reggie Jacksons. Mm -hmm. Because you could collect so many ball cards, right? Because I heard you saying, like, baseball cards. So we used to, because you would, depending on the year of the card you collected, you know it's worth a lot of money, right? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Exactly. (laughs) So we would, so that was, like, some of the hustle that we was doing. But for me, whenever I was doing music, it completely took me away from everything and um so being like my father was a minister like marvin Gaye's father he did not want you listening to rap music everything so the household was very christian theology you know my name actually is named after my name is wyclef john wyclef john is an englishman he's he's a he's a protestant so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first English translation is from Wycliffe John in the time of like Martin Luther. So I'm just showing you how deep, like this dude yeah. naming me, and he named my brother after like a Swedish priest. My brother got a crazy thing. So this how, and this dude, my dad from Haiti, I'm like, you super twisted, dude. Like you from Haiti, you naming me after English, dude. You right. named my brother. So just to show you how religious this dude was. Mm-hmm. So then we could not play the idea of rap music. He called it drug dealer music. You could not listen to this stuff. So literally we had, I had a Walkman. And then the Walkman, you know what I'm saying? We had a little radio. And that's how I used to sneak and get the cassettes from the hood and put it in the Sony Walkman and listen to it. And then uh, my brother, he was different. He was listening to other things and I was listening. So he would come to me and be like, yo, um, you need to check this out. Mm. It's a a crazy band. And I'm like, yo, who that? He like the police. I'm like... Man, I ain't. I don't got love for no police. I ain't listening to nothing called the police. He was like, "Nah, check this out. This the police synchronicity. You're gonna dig it." And the cassette was a black and white cassette. It said the police, and it said synchronicity on it. And then I put it on, hmm. and then I was like, "Yo, this is rad, man. It's cool." He was like, "Yeah, it's the, this dude from England. I think his name's Sting." 
So Peephow, we're just in the hood discovering all this stuff. So he was more into, he was putting me up on one side of music he was listening to. And then I would be like, yo, check this out. You know what I'm saying? Yo, this guy, he's a battle rapper. He'd be going around smacking people um, after he wins battles. Or if you're going to battle him, he'll just show up and take you out. He was like, yo, what's his name? I'd be like, yo, it's this guy. His name is KRS-One. He's from the Bronx. And then so we just share and we kept so all of this sharing while killing is going on outside, mm. somehow we was able to escape all of that. And I, I think I always say like till today, and it's sort of like so if it's Jeopardy, it's like give me or my brother music for five hundred, we can't lose. Because whether <laughs> if it's classical, country, blues, you know, it's sort of mm. like every kid has something they're obsessed with and people be like, How are you so eclectic and those? So I said, look, that's like my little nephews. They'll sit in front of a video game mm-hmm. and play it all day and can play with people in all parts of the world. And they're real good in the video. I said, whatever part of the brain you decide to put your mind to, you're going to rock. You know Absolutely. I mean? Man, that's amazing. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential with capella university's game-changing flex path learning format you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Who was yeah. the most influential artist for you growing up? Either artist or song that really shaped you. I mean, obviously it all shaped you, but... Yeah, I would say for me, it was probably um, Bob Marley, um, Bob Dylan... And uh, like Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yeah, those was like I was in that, and then, and then the other side where I got obsessed with. So you had that side, and then later on when I turned sixteen, it was Miles Davis, um, Thelonious Monk, um, and this drummer called Art Blakey, like the way he just used to play. And then I was like, man, and Quincy Jones. So I was like, yo, I was like, Quincy Jones made me think like deeper than jazz. He made me think like, okay, if you learn every part of this jazz, you will have a life. Like uh, he, cause he showed you like you can have a life past jazz, right? Cause the best jazz musicians are just 
the best in the world. I mean, amazing. but it's like calculus. It's amazing. It's like, like another level of genius. Yeah, right? you it's learn like, calculus, but the average norm don't use it. They use addition and subtraction. Yeah. So you're weird. It's not mainstream. Yeah, you're yeah. weird to a big portion of the world. Like yeah. you show up and you speaking a coded language. You know what I'm saying? To you? But Quincy Jones was like, yo, if you can get past the coded language and this is how you could do popular music, there's someone called Michael Jackson. So you're studying all of this, you know what I'm saying? And then you start to believe that you can do it. Wow. Wow, man. And who was the most influential um, parent for you growing up? Well, I would say definitely my mama. Um, my mom was, um, she was softer than my dad. My dad was tough. Um, but my mom, you know, I was like a mama boy because she always, because I always told her I'm going to get you out the hood. And she was like, how? And I was like, because I'm going to be a big star. And she was like, a star from Haiti? I was like, yeah. She was like, well, name one star from Haiti that has been successful in your entire mm-hmm. lifetime. Matter of fact, let's go back to who's the most famous Haitian. And then I was like, well, Toussaint Louverture in uh, Wyclef Jean. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. But I was saying that when I was little to her. She was like, you're so crazy. But <laughs> So my mom, she had that belief, man. Mm-hmm. I know she had that belief at a young age. Wow. And, um, and she was... She definitely, you know, I love my pops. My pops was cool, but he was, it was like tough love. Sure, And course. my mom, I could always escape to her. Yeah, she was like your music. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. I know a couple of Haitian, well, semi-well-known Haitians. I played against, a, in college, I played against a wide receiver mm-hmm. named Pierre Garçon, mm-hmm. who's now in the NFL for the last 12 years, yeah. a top wide receiver. Garçon. Garçon. Yeah, yeah. And then a buddy of mine, Caduce, he was a... Uh, Host on TRL on MTV for like uh-huh. six, seven years. Of course, years. I know Caduce yeah, yeah. very well. It's a buddy of mine. He's, I think he's Canadian, but he's from Haiti originally. Yeah, yeah. So that's my man. Shout yeah. out to Caduce. Yeah, Caduce yeah. is a good guy. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't even do really an official introduction, but welcome to the School of Greatness. We've got Wyclef <laughs> in the house, lyricist, yeah, singer, musician, producer, poet, songwriter, and before we even started. Found out you're a calisthenics champion, fitness guru. I don't guru. play, baby. We don't play. In the hood, you got it. In the hood, you can't play. I love it. You get that monkey bar, you got to go for it, man. You I love it, man. <laughs> and also, you know, I love that you're, you know, we were talking about how my brother loves jazz, and that's really kind of the foundation. You really got yeah. into jazz early on. Yeah, big time. And you learned self-taught 12 yeah. different instruments yeah, yeah. is that right yeah man and i think that's even cooler to know that you came from like learning jazz and appreciating right. it and it's because most people don't they get yeah. into pop music yeah. just by getting into it yeah so i think it's really cool yeah no definitely man and you've done i mean you've done so many i mean you're uh you're the facts about you go on and on i mean you were playing the uh, the santana song um what's that song called Oh, Maria Maria. Maria Maria. Before yeah. you wrote that song, you co-wrote uh, Shakira's Hips Don't Lie, which was like a global phenomenon for a number of years. And still well, it's popular. funny because the Shakira song, I wrote it two years prior to Shakira. Really? It's, uh, you ever seen the movie Havana Nights? It's like a crazy it. dancing. Yes. Well, it's like they try to redo Dirty Dancing. Yes. Yes. And I actually watched it for the Dirty Dancing parts. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because I like dancing. Uh, yes. But- I did it for Havana Nights on another artist. <clears throat> That's what I was telling you with that whole Quincy hmm. Jones scheme. I did it two years ago because they was like, Clef, we need music for a movie. And being I'm from Haiti, you know, Cuba, it's all in my blood. It's all the same, So yeah. 
I did this record, man, and it was another artist that I had called Claudette Artis. And Claudette Artis is from a group I had called City High at the time. What would you do if your man was at home? Yeah, I had wrote that song. So I was like, she's going to be the one. So my whole wow. thing was to try to get her to blow up to the next level and use Hips Don't Lie. So we did it. I did it for her. And Clive was like, I don't think this song's a hit. So wow, the song just sat there. And then two years later. So she sang it and played it and recorded oh, it, it. This is what I'll trip you out. If you go back to the Havana Night soundtrack, uh-huh. two years prior to Shakira, anyone that's listening, you will hear the exact same song. Song by someone else. That's right. Wow. So I'm showing you, like, I'm always ahead of my time. I'm an alien. So, <laughs> but how could you do a song like two years prior? Now, two years later, I get a call from Diana. He's like, yo, Clef, um, you know, we got the artist Shakira. Do you know? I'm like, of course. I know Shakira's there. Yo, we need, you know? And then, so Charlie Walk, who's like a music guru, he came to the studio. He heard it, started jumping. He was like, yo, let's call Shakira right now. So we called Shaki. I got on the phone. And she was like, hello, I Cliff. I love this song. I love. So, and then so it's so, it's so funny because I'd be saying the music business is different than the music. Two different things. The music business is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you want to be in films? Like, if you want to be in popular films, that's the music business. Like, the music business don't have no time for no super creativity. Like, it doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. it's entertainment. That's that. Now, lucky you if you so. That's why they said those that find that middle and are able to do both and and work out because it's not cre- you know so it's, it's not creative like, doing the music business no because it's the music business it's you gotta have something to show yeah, yeah. so when Shakira said her hips don't lie and in the video we saw her hips don't lie now this is show business <laughs> that means okay let the song begin now right. we believe this part so as a producer too you grow you learn and I was like wow it's so funny it's like you know a, a writer who writes a hit movie and you know, the movies stay underground unless this mm-hmm. actor convinced the crowd that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people has those gifts. So that's how the Hips Don't Lie ended up being like, yo, gigantic. It's like top three of all times. It's crazy. Michael Jackson, uh, Elvis, and Hips Don't Lie. These are really? like the three biggest airplay of all time. So it tripped me out because I was like, yo, this song literally was sitting on a soundtrack. And I always tell people, Go back, and you'll hear the exact same song. You'll trip out, man. That's crazy. Hilarious. So how do you convince someone who says, no, it's not a hit, a big person who's you know, in the music business who has a lot of decision-making is like, no, it's not a good song, and then how do you bring it back to life? Well, I think that you know, we all need coaches, and to get to the Super Bowl, right, or to win the NBA championship mm-hmm. or to win the World Cup, you still need the coach. And Clive Davis is one of the best coaches in the game. Now, like, we all seen Super Bowl. Like, we all watch NBA. Like, so the coach can give a play. And let's say out of 10, maybe he misses two. Mm. But his record's for eight, right? That's Clive. So at the end of the day, he's still Clive. And the fact that he was like, I needed you to do this song was enough to put me in that play. Yeah. 
And in that play, he might not have seen that I was about to dunk. And that's okay. But he knew that, okay, Clef's a starter. So as long as he puts me in the starter, you know, and um, so I, I, I see that. I respect him. Mm. You know, he's like a godfather. Sure, sure. You know, he was like at my dad's funeral. He's one of them execs that actually care for artists. You know what I mean? So, um, but I was like, man, this thing is a hit. I could feel it in my bones. I think this thing is a cultural phenomenon. But when the godfather tells you no, <laughs> so you sit back. And then you wait your turn, right? And then mm-hmm. I was like, yo, coach, put me in the game. Put me in the game. <laughs> and then Donnie Ina put me right back in the game. It was like, yo, I said, okay, we're going to get it. You're speaking so my language about all the coaching and oh, the, yeah, yeah. the sports but I, business. I love but it. It's, I can... Man, my analogies, though, I mean, <laughs> sports and music. I mean, that's, that's all it. day. Like, it you is. see, the relevancy is crazy. I remember yeah. when Kobe, we was at Sony, you know what I mean? And, like, Kobe. Kobe can play, I, right? Yeah. Kobe could play. Piano. Kobe was doing, I remember Kobe was doing an uh, album. Mm. I remember that. I remember Shaq. Oh, yeah. Shaq was doing an album. This is all the time like the Fugees. So we sure. all had, so this the was 90s. all going on at Sony. And so once again, there's a whole thing. They, they always say like um, great sport guys want to be musicians uh-huh. and we musicians want to be sports. It's, it's yeah. trippy. Like yeah. the NBA All-Star game, I had uh, Andy Grammer on recently mm-hmm. and he was like, Snapchatting the last weekend about it, the NCAA All Star game, yeah, like, just yeah. playing basketball. It's like all he cares about. Yeah, you know? big time. It's so funny. Here's what I love about you, Wyclef. You are you're a big star in your own right. You've written so many of your own great songs, but you also find and develop other talent that aren't big, and yeah. you kind of break them. Is what I'm hearing you say. You're really yeah. good at finding people, yeah. knowing where to position and put them, yeah. and you like to lift people up. Yeah. Is what I hear you say. Why? What is that? You know, most artists want the fame for themselves and they want all the recognition and they want to be the biggest. It doesn't seem like you have that in you. You, you, you got your fame, you've got your gifts, you got your money, but you're elevating the world also. Yeah. Well, I mean, really like, so like the mind of Einstein, right? Relativity. So the thing is we all really need each other. And sometimes we don't really pay attention to it. Right. I'm only as good as you are and you're only as good as I am. And what does that mean? That basically means that each one teach one. So what happens is, you know, we go back to the sports analogy. So Kobe is dope, but there's some young Kobe that could cross on Kobe right now, right? And and, and remember when Jordan was at the top, Kobe came and we knew, we was like, yo, this kid. But there's something that happens when you embrace when you embrace. So I always believe like whether if it's great philosophers, mm-hmm. man, it could be something that's written like 2000 years ago. What, what is it that when a person was writing that makes us still apply these philosophies today? It's because it came from a point of non-selfishness. The yeah. person was like, let me create something that can inspire a generation to create something and the next generation to create something and continue. So for me, when I met Lauren, Lauren was like barely 14 years old. Really? Yeah. So it was like, I was like, okay. So we, I was like, okay, um, she has a gift. And coming from the church, being around singers, I was like, okay, she has a gift. We're going to rock. So and how'd you, do, how'd you find her or meet her in the first place? So I used to do like a lot of off Broadway plays. There was a play wow. I was doing called Club 12. Wow. Um, and I remember Prize. I was in my daddy's church. And he was like, yo, man, I got this group, man. I'm in a studio. 
I'm doing this song with two girls, but I need a reggae part. And I was like, how the girls look. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I thought <laughs> I was the Haitian Fonzie. Right, right. <laughs> I like, how they look, man? How they look? Man, you can't be talking to no girls. I just need you to come over here and do this part. So I go into the studio and I sing the reggae part. And the girls is like, well, he's part of the group now. And I was like, yes, I'm part of the group. But <laughs> and how old are you at the time? I was like 17. Wow. But the thing was, the producer at the time, his name was Khalees Bayan. And Khalees Bayan was the guy doing all of the records for Cool and the Gang. Wow. And he was the one that was like, yo, man, there's some kind of chemistry here. Mm. So I was in the hood in East Orange. Lauren was in the suburbs. So I was like, you know what? I can't be selling drugs here in the trap. I got to figure out something. So I told every drug dealer in my neighborhood, whoever was hustling, I said, look, because everybody's hustling, but they trying to get out of the hustle, man. Right. So I was like, look, I'm going to. So my dad kicked me out the house and I, oh, I went to my uncle's house and I took over my uncle's basement. And me and my cousin Jerry, we created, and Renell, we created the Booger Basement. So now we in the hood. We in the trap. Crack house on this side. And I never closed my basement. I said, look, anybody that needs this beat, come mm. to me. I'm the man. So I was the Dr. Dre in my hood. I was like, yo. And then, remember, I have an advantage. I play a bunch of instruments, too. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was just going to, like, I knew how to put music around. And then... The person I would have sing all of the hooks was Lauren. So I was wow. like, yo, so this started a whole big thing. So, so many people in the hood got demos of Lauren, like voice right now, probably listening to this. <laughs> so at a young age. So this sort of like spurred like the whole idea, um, which became the Fugees. Mm. And then I remember like after that, um, I got a phone call because people saw I had the pulse. So they was like, yo. We got these four girls. They're in a hotel room, and you know they um the record is stuck, man, and it's mm. not charting. And we need you to do the same thing you did for Lauren. So I go to this hotel room, and it's four girls, and um and they're like, "Yo, what you want me to what you want us to sing?" And I was like, "Yo, sing a church song for me." Uh. And the one girl, she starts amazing. You know, she sings this church song, and that happens to be. Uh, Beyonce yeah. and the group happens to be Destiny Child. Child. <laughs> so man, I can keep going on and on and on and on. There's wow. so many. Um, there's a whole myth like before you blow up, you got to see Uncle Clef. That's what they be like, yo. As long as you meet Uncle Clef in some gothic space, <laughs> you're bound to do five hundred million. You know, right, 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 right. So, is, it, is there any artist that you have uh, that's come across your path that maybe you're like, eh, I'm not sure about them. And you kind of like passed on them or you were like weren't, you know, working with them in some capacity. And then they went on to be like this big hit. Well, I knew that artists, it wasn't sort of, I had to go with what I felt like I can handle mm -hmm. more so. You see what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, so maybe it was going to be a big hit, but you couldn't handle it. No, it was sort of like. The industry is a big industry, right? So you got people who's great at doing hip hop, people that's great at doing reggae, people mm -hmm. that's good at. Rock, so it's oh, like, yeah. exactly. So I remember being in the studio with 50 Cent. If 50 Cent is listening, he will remember this story, right? <laughs> because when I was in the studio with 50 Cent, there was a group called Femme Fatale, right? I have one of the original 50 Cent, actually. I have a record, right, with 50 Cent and my group GMB. 
Watch how far back this goes. 50 ain't blow up yet. GMB was the kid singing Maria Maria on Santana's joint. No way. And then I just was like, 50 Cent is raw talent. I wasn't trying to sign 50 Cent. That wasn't the mission. It's to the point of what you said. I just thought he was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, yo, he should be on this song. I wasn't like, oh, these guys is bigger because there was on it. It was like I always go for the talent versus the talent. So for me, um, that story is always endless. So it's not really Uh about. So to the point, I, I think that people is more worried about like, oh, let me sign this person. I just be like, yo. Man, I remember Cash Money, mm-hmm. Little Wayne. Little Wayne was like a kid. Uh, people be like, "Yo, Clef, how are you so connected?" And anyone you call, they just pick up the phone and anything you want. I'm like, "Yo," because I ain't screw nobody over. Mm-hmm. All I got is love, and most of the people I put them on before they blew up anyway. So right. <laughs> I remember like Cash Money, um, you know, and Brian Grazier, who's one of the biggest. Um, producers out of hollywood like this dude is like you know what i mean so brian grazier gave me my first shot at scoring i scored the movie life brian grazier's the 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 music composer right i might think yeah brian grazier he's like no he's the producer like whether if it's whether if it's i mean he probably got more oscars than life sure whether if it's so the last (laughs) thing he did was empire okay you know what i mean but he's like when I tell you a natural good friend. Yeah. But he's like, I mean, in Hollywood, if it's top four, he got to be number two or wow. one. This is wow. how powerful this dude is. Um, you got to check check the name out. But once again, I'm a kid who's doing a bunch of hip hop and R&B records. Uh-huh. He was like, no, give this kid a shot at scoring. Because I was like, yo, I'm really a jazz guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I get to score life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. So when when you watch the movie now, you look at it again, mm-hmm. you'll be like, holy crap, that's why Clef Jean's name, he did the score. So once again, I'm all over the place doing these things, but then I had to do the soundtrack. When I was doing the soundtrack, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, there's a click out of New Orleans they call Cash Money. Like, no, once again, nobody knows. Like, it's just that I love music and I always got my ear to the pulse. So I was like, yo, there's a kid, Juvenile, boom, 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 boom. And then I was like, then there's this kid named Ja Rule who's coming out of the East Coast. He's boom, boom, boom. So That's now funny. if you go back and you listen to this Life soundtrack that I did with R. Kelly, you'll see the amount of talent that I put on that soundtrack way before it blew. And I think that that's really the juju to what I do. <laughs> I do not look for hype. Like So we got two sides of it. We got... The YouTube views, right? The Instagrams, yep. the boom, boom. That's one side of the discovery. Then we have the opposite side of it too. The opposite side is called magic, right? And magic is something that comes out of nowhere. And you just mm. like, yo, what is this? Then you snap it and you put it back on YouTube. So so for me, there's a lot of magic out there. There's people, yeah. a lot of people listen. There's a lot of magic out there. And 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 a lot of it is getting lost in the sauce because um, we're not at the level now where majors are funding. Like when we was coming out in the 90s, we was getting funded big. Millions of dollars was getting put in. But now you're in a different structure mm-hmm. now. So what the record companies do is they just wait for the data analytics. 
So they go, okay, 100 million views. Go find this kid. Sign him now. His name is Fetty Wap. You know what I'm <laughs> go sign him now. And that's dope. Like, so that's dope because, man, when I was coming out, I thought the A&Rs was so whack. 17 yeah. A&Rs passed on the Fujis. So I love the fact that we are in a generation where the kids can say, hold on to two middle fingers. You can't decide what's hot. I'm going to build my own audience and I'm going to show you what's hot. So I love that, like Chance the Rapper, you know, I'm mm -hmm. a big fan, like Chance, all of them. And then you have the other side of it, too. So I think the most exciting thing for me with this Heads Music that I'm partners with, with this new label, is because when they came and got me, this was after politics. Mm -hmm. And they was like, yo, we need you to be the Haitian Smokey Robinson to this label. And the flu of talent coming up in the next five years is going to be like mind-boggling. There's a girl out of Colombia after Shakira. Mm -hmm. Remember I told you this name. Okay. So the next one out of Colombia, her name is Farina. Dude, remember I told you this. You don't have to understand a word she's saying. Phonetically, her Spanish sounds like as if she's speaking English. Really? She has every rhythm from Busta Rhymes to Drake to Lil Wayne. And ain't like she ever been up here. But she's so wow. influenced by urban music. And um, so she's like somebody who... Um, so that's some talent that I think, man, is I, I find up. it my I find it mind boggling because not even speaking English and you know we'd be like okay music is the universal language we get it but when we actually hear someone speaking another language and we're like yo it don't matter what they're saying it's dope it's <laughs> yeah, yeah you know that's pretty exciting. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential with Capella University's game changing flex path learning format. You gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Oh, man, I'm a big uh, salsa dancer. Love salsa. That's why when hips don't like him out, it's not really salsa, but you can dance salsa of to course, it. Of course, of course. So it's like it's the only song I can dance salsa to, like yeah. a, a club or something, because they're not playing salsa music yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I'm in the salsa club, and I've been doing it for almost almost twelve years now, you know, there's no English, of and I'm course. like one of the only white guys in the club. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. all Latins, and. Uh, it's like, I don't understand what they're saying, but I feel it, and I yeah. understand what they're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because music is a vibration it is. before language, mm -hmm. period. You know what I'm saying to you? And I mm -hmm. think it could be like, okay, we're living in America. Yes, English. But then when it comes to Spanish, dude, like, Spanish is as popular as English. Like, it's big. We can't talk about Hollywood without talking about Spanish. Come on. This is like part of the biggest form of culture. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, imagine America like, with no Latin people, man. This place would be like, 
man dead dead like we'd <laughs> yeah. be like yo what kind of food is this man what kind of dancing are you doing yeah. buddy so um all of that once again plays that's true yeah together i'm curious what what do you think about on a day-to-day basis what is, what is the thing that like drives you crazy in a positive way or that drives you drives you in general when you're waking up in the morning when you're going to bed where's your thoughts go well, I mean, really now my thoughts are different than they were then, you know what I'm saying? More, you know, I, I wake up every day now and my thoughts are like, okay, um, how are we going to b- keep building on this legacy? You know, who's the next? So I wake up every day like thinking, you know, who's the next? It could be like a piece of software, an invention, like, okay, where are we going with sound? You know what I'm saying? Like we had the MP3 generation. So now I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what is the next generation? So um, now my thoughts are <clears throat> back to uh, my engineering craft. as Because um, when I did the score, it was in my basement. And mm-hmm. people thought I did it in some <laughs> big studio. Just to show you how advanced I was, now the kids have a laptop and they're doing the music out of their room. The Fuji's was doing that in the nineties. Do you see wow. how crazy this is? So what you see a kids doing now with their laptop, I was doing it in the basement. Now this was not the thing to do because they had the big SSL boards, the Neves, mm-hmm. and all of that. I was what like, are you doing? Putting up some foam on the walls and just kind of soundproof it the best way you can. And just we took the basement, we gutted it out, we put the foam on the walls, yep. and <clears throat> once again. I just understood. Don't ask me how I understood this, but I understood science and understood chemistry, right? I understand how how electricity works. So it's so funny because you're in the basement. Could you imagine you plug in all that equipment? The first thing you're going to get is you're going to get a ground noise. Yeah. The whole thing. Oh, <laughs> ready or not, here I come. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yo, how the hell am I going to get rid of this ground noise? Dude, I took seven antennas, and I literally no put way. them. Yeah, I pinnacled them right in the in, in the ceiling, right because it's all electricity. Mm. So then I was sending the ground to to the to the to the wires to the to the piece of steel, and this is how I was cutting out the ground. Wow! So only to say that is. Uh, so right now, how did you understand that? Did you learn it somewhere? Or were you just kind of tinkering, or you just in, no? In, I just knew that. I just knew that the ground noise is part of the electrical frequency. So the same way, like, as humans, if you're walking mm. in the street, right, and lightning's down, <laughs> you don't want to have no metal on you, right? right? So that means metal will react with ah. electricity. So I was like, I knew the ground was coming from a certain way. So even though I don't see it, I can hear it, right? And it's living infinitely. But then it's wow. almost like if you fishing, right, and you put a worm, and then the fish is going to come straight for the bait the same way. Wow. So, you know what I'm saying? So, so, I, so as the future is moving, one of the things that I know that I'll be part of inventing, and we've been working on it, it's probably going to take two more years. You know, we, we, and I've been working with a team out of Singapore all over, just the next level to the MP3 generation mm. where you can convert files send things over and you're not losing the waves the sounds you right. know what i mean quality uh, everything, the yeah. quality of everything and everything you're hearing now is stereo right uh-huh 
But the record Pink Floyd, the wall was all done. All of that weird trippy stuff was done and what you call binaural. Mm -hmm. So as the future moves forward, I feel like everything is going to be different on how you hear it. So this is one of the things we wake up every day. Um, I drive a lot of scientists crazy on finding a new coding and moving like the MP3 generation forward. Mm. So I think we got, I mean, we're in the process. I can't reveal too much, but we're in the process sure, of cracking sure. um, different codes. That's so great, man. That's going to be cool. What is um, a daily process for you like the non-negotiables, the things you need to do every single day to keep you mentally sharp, emotionally sharp, connected to the right people in the world, keep your musical gifts sharp, and keep it's, you thinking on a bigger wavelength. What are those non-negotiables? It's it's one thing, man. It's my daughter. It's really it. Like, she's it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the studio yesterday. She's like, she got the the flu, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And she's FaceTiming. She's like, Dad, I'm, like, I'm coming, I'm coming, because I got to edit, because I got a show. I'm like, I'm coming. She's like, Dad, you we missing new edition. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't around when new, she's like 11 and, um, and, uh, she's 11, but she's a different 11 year old. Um, so I heard she like steals your money and gives it to charities. And, yeah. Like, she's other still, things, right? Yeah. She takes money, gives it to charity. She's a different kind of 11. And, um, is this a biological daughter? Yeah. My adopted daughter. Yeah. Adopted daughter. daughter. Yeah. I've adopted her. Her name's Angelina since birth. Like I took her from birth. You wow. feel me? So she's not your, your daughter, biological yeah. daughter, but your daughter. Yes, she's wow. my daughter. You know what of I course. mean? I felt like she was given to me by the gods. Wow. So literally from the hospital to me. You know what I mean? Um, so she's, I call her Angelina because that's what she is to me. She's just a gift. Mm. She's a gift and um, a very rare gift. Um, Sometimes kids are given to us in different ways. We don't know why, and we should never question science, right? So we should just feel it and go with it, right? Because um, sometimes you could be like, yo, um, why is this child sent to me, right? So for example, like, um, I still consider her a great friend, Angelina Jolie, you know? And we've been to Haiti together, we've worked together, we... Mm -hmm. But those kids... It's like, because of where they come from, right? When someone, you never know. It could be, you could have took a kid and this kid could have probably end up in skid row. And you don't even know that. But somehow, the science understands it. Karma understands it. One thing that's real is karma. So, like, I never really questioned karma. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay. I don't know, like maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing because um, I'm supposed to be saving someone. But I, I'm not thinking of it like that. And I really don't question it. Mm. And I think, in my opinion, when we challenge the universe is when we get fucked. Because <laughs> right. the universe is tricky. It, it gives you, the signs are very, very clear. But um, so sometimes we be like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want this like this. I want this like this. I want. So me, it's sort of like because of where I come from, and I'll be like, you know what? I won't question anything. I'll love everything. You know what I'm saying? And I'll protect everything I, I love, and I'll fight and die 
for what I love. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And that's really my philosophy, man. I love it. It's <laughs> a good philosophy to have. And so, what about other um, habits that you have? Obviously, your daughter is the main thing. Yeah, too, my daughter. Other... My daughter's incredible. Um, are there other thing, rituals or routines that yeah, you have? Yeah, I love. Um, like, if you look online, like you'll see me doing um, CrossFit. I love CrossFit, man. Yeah, doing it Cross, for years. Yeah, CrossFit is. Um, we had the know. founder on here a while ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. classman. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I always was like, look, if 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 things didn't work out, I knew that I would go straight to the military and I would have been a SEAL. Like, I know wow. that for a fact. So, so um, funny. So I'm so into, like, the militancy mm-hmm. of, um, like, how far you could push your body. That's why I was saying, man, you'd be surprised how far your body can go when you're in situations. So I love that. I love practicing. Um, so uh, every day... Music. I, yeah, every day I sit on like four or five instruments and I literally just like it's uh, therapeutic. So versus going to a psychiatrist, right? <laughs> everyone has everyone has a release. People listening to this, they release is yoga. Mm-hmm. You got some, it's swimming, it's but there's something about the mind stimulation. So I could sit there and say, Okay, today I'm gonna work on chord progressions. Mm. So I just sit on the piano and I just it could be like an hour, but after a while, it's, it drifts your head somewhere else, and it's almost like a form of meditation without you feeling like, without you having to say the word of meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it like time drifter or time travel. So um, I think a lot of that stuff is healthy, and a lot of people has to f- have to find that stuff. Because sometimes we be complaining like, yo, life is so messed up. Mm-hmm. This is so... And then when we look at it and we just take a second and think and be like, holy crap, everything is really here for us. We just got to take 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 it, you know, because sometimes you'll be like, yo, life is messed up. But then when you look at your surroundings, you'll be like, yo, maybe it's messed up because this person, you know, and I'm a strong believer of keeping the right energy around you because not all the time in my life have I had the right energy around me. So I know when it's bad energy, sure, you know what sure. I'm saying? So I'm like, I'd be like, yo, man, make sure you, you get the right. And, and kids be like, yo, tell us what determines if we can be a star or if we can make it in the business or not. Mm. Or if we can last. Because I said, our DNAs don't exist no more. I said, we from the 90s. Jay-Z's from the 90s. Clef's from the 90s. I'm like. Beyonce 90s. I'm like, we all, and this is like 24 years later, dude. Like 24 years later. So then I look and say, okay, Mm. well, tell me an artist that's right now that's going to 24 years later from now that's going to be interviewing and be like, yo. And I'm saying you stay relevant to generations. I'm not saying like you falling off. You literally keep reinventing yourself to generation through the gas of the music. So once again, I tell kids, karma and how you surround yourself and how you treat people. And look, you're going to be up. Like one time you're going to be like, everyone has a peak. And I learned this from Stevie Wonder. We all have a peak, right? And Stevie was like, look, man, you're going to have a peak. And then if you... If you do it right, you're probably going to have two to three peaks, he mm-hmm. said in life. And he was like, they're going to be different peaks. He said, you might think your second peak is a music peak, and it's not a music peak. So I felt like 
my first peak was the Fuji's. It was a big peak. It was a big peak. <laughs> and I felt my second peak was when I decided that I was going to become the president of my country of Haiti. So I didn't, mm. I wasn't like thinking like, and when I say peak, these are like historical moments that you're going to do all of this great stuff in the middle, right? We call that sustaining it, sure, right? Sure, yeah. But the peak is like something happens and it blitz the universe. And everyone's attention's on. Yeah, you. it just, it's blitz the universe. You know what I'm saying to you? So, um, so now, you know, I await the third peak. I don't know what it's going to be, man. Maybe I'll become like a, a CrossFit mix. I don't know what it's going to be. But um, yeah. so all of these things are really, once again, based on karma, mm. based on yourself. So how do you, when you, you know, you've reached a peak, how do you maintain it? And what does it do for your mindset if you're not getting the same attention that you were once getting at a peak? Does that affect you? Does it hurt you? Does it frustrate you if you're not as relevant as previously at certain times? Or Yeah, and this is a great, great question, right? Because everyone always wants to be on top, right? And everyone want, don't want to be second and nobody wants to be third, right? So this is how everyone should break it down. So you're going to have a peak. LeBron is LeBron, man. Yeah. Kobe was Kobe, them dudes. So... No one could take away from the legacy, Mark, right? Mm -hmm. Past that, the sustainability is can you do more than the music? Can you do more than the sports? Mm. Do you stand for something? Your, 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 your sustainability is just based on what you stand for. So if you, at your peak, you think you're the best thing in the world, you think like I'm never gonna be under. The minute you see you number three, you commit suicide. Yeah. Because your brain can't. But if you say, okay, at your peak, if you're doing good, right, and you're like, man, you're helping this person, you do people like, man, this guy's such a nice guy. What happens is when you become number six, you know, and somebody who's number one. They're going to come find you and be like, yo, man, remember me like you did boom, 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 boom. Mm. And they so they bring you back. Up. They always bring you back up. So it's sort of like no matter what happens when a kid is talking and he's like, yo, if it wasn't for Kobe, I would. What? Kobe. You, that lifts Kobe right back up. So then you become. So now mm. there's the peak. Now past the peak, it's called iconic. So now when you at a level of legendary and iconic, then you at a level of zen. You're right? always a peak. Right? You, you're at a level of zen. You show up. All the kids go, it's like, that's legendary. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So, But in order to get to that level, you have to be standing for something. So what happens is if you're not at that level of iconic or the kids are saying, man, he's an icon, you know, that's the OG, that's the triple OG, um, then what happens is every day you wake up, you worry about your relevancy and then you start to adapt with however the ocean is moving mm -hmm. so that you can stay relevant. And when that happens, I mean, basically, because if you are doing music, mm -hmm. you do music. Now, the best athletes that will last forever, Muhammad Ali. Like, why? Like, why Ali? Like, this guy went to jail. Like, why? Like, mm -hmm. what is it? Like, why are people still... Because, once again, past the sports, he just did what was right. 
Mm-hmm. Not what was popular all the time, because what's right ain't going to be what's popular. And I did stuff like where, man, like, yo, man, the Lord knows, like, you know, like people come and they challenge you. They test your credibility. They say, and it has nothing to do with music. They're like, yo, you should have stayed in the music lane. But <laughs> history protects the truth and it will always protect you so for me that's that's the advice i could give anybody you know what i'm saying i love that and what's the thing that you stand for outside of music at capella university you'll get support from people who care about your success from before you enroll to after you graduate pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it imagine your future differently at capella.edu hi it's martha stewart You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. I mean, outside of music, right? Because I feel like music is just a gift, a natural gift. I stand for people. And what does that mean, man, you stand for people? That means that I believe that we all are human beings. And our job is to love each other, protect each other, help each other grow. Um, It's what we talked about earlier. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, yo, you ever read the book Celestine Prophecy? You ever read Egyptian Book of the Dead? You ever read The Vortex? You ever read The Alchemist? You'd be like, man, I did, Clef. What was the people thinking? Alchemist. See? see, I It's could, up there somewhere. I couldn't even make yeah, it yeah, up, yeah. right? It's up there somewhere, yeah. Yeah, but what was the people thinking when they was writing this book, right? The author, what was he thinking? It was like, yo, it's either I'm going to stand for something and I'm going to do something that's going to live 2,000 years from now. And in order to do that, you can't you can't be selfish and stand for yourself. Mm. You got to stand for people. John Lennon, he stood up for people. He's John Lennon, and uh, Muhammad Ali stood mm. up for people. Well, you know when an athlete don't agree yeah. with something that's going on in the sports, and he decide like, you know what, I ain't gonna raise up my hand, or I'm not gonna. He's standing for something. Now we can have our opinions. We could be like, yo, sure. that's up what he's doing (laughs) but only history will tell and know if he's doing the right thing or not yeah yeah what's the biggest challenge right now we're facing not just in america but as humans um man the 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 ego factor right it comes from the roman empire like everybody must rule everybody Mm. must conquer and everybody feels like everyone else is supposed to be under them, right? So, you know, like, I'm not no conspiracy theorist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But my grandfather was a voodoo priest from Haiti. My father was a minister. My uncle was a mason. So I was raised with the triad, right? Yeah. So <laughs> my my grandfather, my father defied my grandfather. mm because my father was like, he ain't into whatever my grandfather was doing. But my grandfather was like, this is who you are, dude. Like, you're, you know what I mean? So now I come in the picture and my father trying to make me a minister. And I'm like, 
you're out your mind, dude. <laughs> this is not what I'm going to be doing. But it's sort of like it all goes back to the essence, you know what I mean? And I could just say, like, one thing I learned from my grandfather because, I mean, mm. I mean, he's the natural David Blaine. <laughs> so, wow. Like, one thing I learned from my grandfather was just that, <laughs> you know, science is real, karma is real. And the greatest miracle to ever come out of anywhere, like even if you see a man levitate, none of that. He said the two greatest miracles is birth and death. He said once you understand that, Mm -hmm. then you understand that every man and every woman is created equal. Then I'll even take it a step further. I'm like, yo, man, this is confusing. What you mean everybody created equal? I said, okay, well, let's even take it a step further. The ruler of the Roman Empire, put you could put whoever he is. Like You'd be like, yo, this dude was dominating. Mm-hmm. There was one crazy ruler by the name of Caligula. Like in high school, I saw that movie, insane. Like, <laughs> high out my mind watching Caligula. I walked out with some girl. Like, yeah, this is gross. This is crazy. But... Um, or it could be Brutus. Like at the end of the day, mm. take them at their death, and take who they consider a peasant at their death. They both meet the same place. Yeah. To the dirt. So he's like, yo. So I feel like this is the biggest problem that we face is just that mentality of the old school Roman Empire, where everybody wants to be the biggest force. And while they want to do this, man, babies are getting shot from the sky. Women are getting kidnapped and raped. Child trafficking is going on and all of that. So I guess I'm one of those that is optimistic to say, you know, the world can be a better place. But it would take us as human beings to make it a better place. I'm so glad you're talking about this because... I'm I'm finishing up a book right now that comes out later this year called The Mask of Masculinity. And it's about the ego that drives men in general to um, that hold us back from our true greatness mm-hmm. and our vulnerability and the love inside of our hearts to connect with people in an intimate, vulnerable way, yeah. in our authentic way. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's so, uh, we get so susceptible of and enticed by, you know, having more and control and manipulation and money and you know sex and all these other things that it holds us back and we put up these walls mm-hmm. that aren't really truly us. And I think you're right on. I mean, I think the ego is the biggest challenge that the world faces. No, big time. The ego. Yeah. And this is not a now thing. This is a always, always. has been <laughs> thing. And at the end of the day, it's good that we could talk about it. It's yeah. good. Like what you're writing, I'm going to definitely read it because yeah. what happens is maybe because I don't believe that it will stay like this. You know what I mean? Because long before, you know, we had the Google map, we had the pyramids and someone figured out the Aztecs. They figured all of this stuff out. So I just feel like it's a rotation where things go back to the cycle of the same. It's like a peak. Yeah. And you don't know, like, you know, like humans will accept whatever the new norm is. Mm-hmm. And this is the part that I want people to understand. So what you think the new norm will be, you might be getting another surprise. So basically, 
the 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 most thing to do is basically to stay humble and stay at an even playing field because you really we we know where we're going we know we're going to have flying cars we know where we're going um uh i'll give you a, a cool thing everyone who's listening check out the the apple's juno jupiter project it's okay. very cool it's sort of like so juno spaceship sent to space and to record sounds mm-hmm. around jupiter and then so Juno is sending back the signals from Jupiter, right? So uh, and it's online. Y'all should definitely check it out because you could see like what's going on with the weather in Jupiter now to find out if there's water in Jupiter, mm. right? And also you could see it online. There are sounds coming from Jupiter and these wow. are like different things. So at the end of the day, all I say is, you know, I ain't no crazy person. So don't be like, yo, man. Yo, that dude Clef came on the show. <laughs> Yo, that dude was smoked out. He had like six edibles. He started talking about aliens. No, what I'm saying is we humans will accept whatever mm. the new norm is. And we are on Earth. So on Earth, we have to find a way to figure out what the harmony is. Because if we don't figure out what the harmony is on Earth, nature will figure it out for us. And that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Man, I feel like I could listen to you all day, man. <laughs> what is uh what's your definition of music? Oh, that's a good one. Man, my my definition of music is life, you know? Like imagine the world, man, with no music. It's like the world with no heartbeat. Mm. Yeah, man. It's life definitely. Mm. Where do you think the best songs come from? The best songs basically are inspired from the same place that birth comes from and from the same place that death comes from. Um, because if you pay close attention to artists that are in tune with themselves and they write personal, and these are the songs that end up big, mm-hmm. the artists can get inspired and predict their death wow. in the song. I mean, wow. I could give you different examples. And the artists can predict life in the songs. And they can predict what's going to happen when it's going to happen before it happens. Because it's the mystery of birth and it's the mystery of death. Like, what, what is this thing? Like, it's, mm. is death really life? Is life really death? You see what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, that's where we get inspired. And once again, for those that think I'm tripping, <laughs> it could be Biggie. Mm. It could be Tupac. Right. It could be Otis sitting on the dock of the bay. Oh, man. I could keep going on and on. He was amazing. It could, yeah, it could be the Fugees. We used to be number 10. Now we permanent one. We wasn't even number 10. But in my brain, I was like, yo, we about to be number one. I could clearly see. Who's telling you this, Clef? I don't know. I just feel like we're going to be number. How you going to be number one? The last album sold two copies. No, something. It's an energy. It's that feeling. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. I'm curious about your legacy. Again, you've had so many hits. You've won, you know, Grammys, all the big hits, the songs, the accomplishments. What is the legacy you really want to be left behind for you? What's the thing you want to be remembered for the most? I really don't know yet because when I look at what I'm doing, 
I feel like I'm just getting started, right? <laughs> so You're a young man. Yeah, and then the age that I'm about to go in is the age that Quincy Jones did Michael Jackson. Ooh. So I really feel like um, my best work mm. is ahead of me, and I feel that, you know, I, I just think like what we did with the 90s with and no way trying to recreate that. I just feel that there's a flew of new talent mm -hmm. and that are moving at the speed of light. So I just think whatever that is, if I'm part of that and help build some kind of structure within that, um, I'll, I'll be able to define it. Mm. Um, I, w I would be able to, if you asked me that a year ago or a year and a half, I would be able to, maybe two years ago, I probably would tell you. Because when Heads Music came and got me, I was like, man, I'm done with music. Like, I left music. I went to politics to help my country. And the exact words was, you're not done with the culture. The culture needs you. And then so what happens is now when you have a kid that's 25 named mm. Young Thug, and his first song on his EP is called Why Clef Jean, it makes you say, man, it's, they're right. Like, that space, there's something. So now there's a connection with right. the kids. So... All this information that I have, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to give it to them. Yeah. I haven't given it to them yet. So that's what the legacies, I thought they had it. But um, so then it shows you, okay, the legacy, you can't even talk legacy yet until you pass this information <laughs> sure, over. Sure, sure. I mean? So this next decade might be the biggest one so far. Yeah, because we're going to pass a lot of information over to the youth. <sighs> but to you pass know? the torch over, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of information. Mm. I want to ask about your last day on earth. Many years from now, this is a question I call, I ask called the three truths. Yeah. You've, you know, all the awards you've already gotten, you're about to, you're going to pass the torch for the decades to come and, and be building up the youth and having all these superstars and who knows what you're going to be doing, reinventing mm -hmm. how music is listened to, the wave, you know, files, everything. It's the last day. And for whatever reason, all your music has been erased. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And... All you have is a piece of paper and a pen to write down three truths. The three things you know to be true about your experience, your life, mm -hmm. the lessons you would pass on, but they couldn't hear any more of your music mm -hmm. for whatever reason. What would you write down as your three truths? I mean, the first truth that we would write down is to basically to live for yourself and not to live for others is the most selfish act you will ever experience in your lifetime. That's the first truth that I would write. The second truth that I would write <clears throat> is no matter what happens when I'm gone, always remember that we all are equal. We're from the same balance. Right and left makes us balance evenly. So it's important that no matter what happens, that man, woman, child understand that there's no one above no one. It's very important. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the third truth, which is probably um, the most mystique truth that I would leave, is that even though I'm gone, all you have to do is pay attention to the wind. I'm still here. All you have to do is when you jump in that ocean and you see that wave, that's me coming. When you look in the sky, you see that bird 30,000 feet and that eagle smiles. Know that that's me. Mm. So I'm forever here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, um, 
what's the thing that you want people to know about the most right now? We got to wrap things up here for a second. But where, what can we connect with you online? What's uh, the big thing you want to promote right well, now? Well, I, I think right now um, it's a streaming generation, so mm. it's it's incredible to come back, right? And we're in a music space, so to see like a song like Hendrix streaming like ten million on its way to twenty million is incredible. Yeah. So the EP we have is called Juve, and Juve. Uh, gives you uh, a DNA of where Wyclef's from, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. basically, I'm a Caribbean West Indian boy. <laughs> so it takes you, I always say, if you haven't been to the Caribbean, pick up Juve. It'll give you that DNA. But that whole EP will lead into a full-length album, okay. which is called The Carnival. And awesome. The Carnival is, um, anybody who got Carnival 1, you already know it's going to be like dorm room music. And um, it's going to have... Very, I'm going for, whenever I say the theme is the carnival, it's very eclectic, mm. the sound. So we're going to have um, some wild some wild shit on there, you know. Okay. So, so for example, you know, we might bring Daryl Hall, take sure. Rich Girl, I flip the scheme, and do 2017 version of Rich Girl, throw it off by putting Pusher T in the middle, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Sure. So it's going to be like wild stuff like that. <laughs> like, you don't know what's going to happen, but... Um, what I loved about Juve, everyone says, man, it's a body of work. Because mm. people like, I'm like, yeah, people still listen to a body of work if it's dope. They'll pull songs, yeah. but people, there's, okay, maybe the kids will pull the songs, but people my age, they want the body of work. So we're going to keep putting body of work. So. I love it. We were listening to the whole thing before. It's amazing. Love. We'll Thank link you. it up here afterwards. All right. Um, I want to acknowledge you, Wyclef, for your incredible gifts, for Bless, your man. heart, and for your ability to lift up humanity thank you've you done an amazing job and it, it's you're more than just music man you're really about helping the world love so. you too man we keep pushing thank you man i appreciate you bless thank you All right. <laughs> oh what a beautiful human being and soul so glad we got to connect and i'm so glad that you stuck around to listen to this entire interview because i loved every moment of it loved his stories loved his message And if you love Wyclef as much as I enjoyed this, then make sure to share this out with your friends and spread the love. LewisHouse.com slash 457. Connect with Wyclef on social media. He's over on Twitter and Instagram. He's pretty active in all those places. So tweet him at Wyclef John. Make sure to add him on Instagram and tag me and Wyclef over on your Instagram story that you're listening to this right now so we can connect and say hi. So tag both of us over on the stories on Instagram and say hi. Again, if you haven't left a review, please leave one over on iTunes.com slash greatness, or if you're on the podcast app right now, just click on the review button on your podcast app and leave one for us right now. We've got some amazing guests coming up. I am so pumped for this. You have no idea. We've got some big interviews, episodes that we're releasing, and some people who are coming on uh, each and every week. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it's all about bringing you positive inspiration and the right tools, training, ideas, and people to help you unlock your inner greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. I love you very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.